Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Tracy Velt, Senior Director of Content and Data, to talk about the Real Trends 500 rankings and which brokerages are now on top. We'll also talk about agent commission lawsuits. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, talking with Matt Dowd, Vice President of Product Management at ICE Mortgage Technology, about mortgage automation. Matt, what challenges are customers facing around adoption? I think the challenges lenders face with adoption are fairly consistent and evident, but you know the real question is how to solve the adoption question. So it goes down really to change management and perceived value. Um, without getting users on board, you're gonna be hard pressed to make any progress. So you have to do that with training, 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 and training. And the second piece of the puzzle is really ensuring that you're able to provide the value to your users. So you're going to need quantifiable and empirical data that shows how implementing and embracing this type of technology is going to help them do their job. That's really important. And listeners, you can find out more at icemortgagetechnology.com. Tracy, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. I love having you on and catching up on everything real estate. And of course, today we have some pretty exciting things to talk about, which are the Real Trends 500 rankings. So, first, tell us a little bit about that. Give us some background. Um, sure. So, we are in, I believe, our 35th year for ranking real estate brokerage firms. Um, and we do this by transaction sites and also sales volume. And um, so, you know, brokerages do not pay for this. This is a, you know, they, they um, enter their information. We third party verify it. And then we crunch the numbers to, to come up with the rankings. And we had a little bit of a shift this year. So last year for the first time um, in many, many years, um, home services and anywhere were kind of knocked out of number one spot. Um, actually this year as well. So EXP overtook Home Services of America in transaction sides and EXP was ranked number four last year in transaction sides and they moved up to number one. Um, Compass for the second year in a row um, overtook anywhere real estate with number one in sales volume. Um, But I think the most amazing thing about this is that these companies grew so quickly um, and quicker than we've ever seen on the rankings before. Um, so right now, the top four, which is Home Services of America, um, Anywhere Real Estate, EXP Realty, and Compass have about 20% of the market share. Um, and that's pretty much stayed the same from last year. And I want to make sure people understand how the rankings are done. So anywhere real estate is their company owned and home services of America is the same. It's their company owned. It does not include their franchises. Um, they both franchise and, um, and own some of their, their brokerages. So, so those numbers do not include any of their their franchises. Of course, when you add in franchises, they're they're much bigger. Um, and when you add in franchises and add all the Keller Williams franchises together, um, Keller Williams is I believe they lead both in sales volume and number of transaction sides. 
if you're comparing the top companies. Um, but we're looking at just those four home services of America, anywhere real estate or anywhere advisors is what it's called. Um, EXP and Compass. And right now they stayed about 20% market share, but it's interesting because some, I think EXP is the only one that actually grew in both transaction sides and in sales volume this year. The others um, maybe lost, but didn't lose as much as some of the other brokerages in the rankings. So it was definitely a shifting year. One of the things that you guys do a lot of reporting on is what kinds of models the different um, brokerages have and the different, you know, sort of like what their philosophy is and how that works out. From your perspective, what is it that EXP, you know, what, what, why would you say they grew so much? Well, um, it's, it's a combination of organic growth and, and then some um, mergers and acquisitions. But I think they, their model is such that when you start an EXP team, you can earn um, money with your downline. So it's, they call it multi-level marketing. Um, they don't call it that, but people in the industry call it multi-level marketing. And so when you're recruiting other agents to join your team, and I lose that, I use that word loosely because they are not actually reporting as a team. Um, you know, you can, you can get money based on their transactions. And I, and they also do like a rev share and they have a capped model, meaning they, once you hit a certain, um, percentage or, or uh, dollar volume of transactions, then your commission um, that you earn on that is is more. So they have a lot of really attractive, um, attractive ways to earn money. Um, they also are, I think there's a little bit of that um, new and different, you know, their virtual brokerage, they do things in the metaverse. And um it's really a great place for agents who are self-starters and just want that, um, you know, want that training and want that ability to build their business the way they want to build their business. So I think it's interesting because what, what you really see are there, there are great places to go. If you're a brand new agent, you might, where you might find a lot of success and then it might be a different place after you've had some experience where you find success. And what do you, when you look at those top four, what does that look like to you? So I think with, um, I'm going to include Keller and Remax in there. Um, you know, they all have different business models and they all look for a, a different type of agent. Remax really hires more um, seasoned professionals. So their per agent productivity numbers are really high. Keller Williams tends to hire um, newer agents because of their training, but they also have a huge um, presence with teams and offer a lot of perks to teams with expansion out um, to different states and and having having like a formal program for that. Um, anywhere offers, you know, they kind of did the same thing as Compass, where they were giving agent incentives for joining. Um, I think. I'm not sure if anywhere still offers those agent incentives. Compass does not offer those agents incentives anymore, but they both have really attractive services and um, cultures. The truth is there's, there's really a spot for every agent. And while they're competing for each other, they all have very different, um, very different upsides and very different uh, agents that they attract. Maybe some are similar, but you know, there's a home for every agent. And, and so they, they will find their home and there's no model that I would say is better than any other model. 
it's just different in what the agent is specifically looking for or needs from their brokerage. That is such a good answer. That's that's just like a very political answer, but it's the true. I, I know you really believe that. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so the 2023 yeah. rankings are looking at 2022 data and, you know, it was such a tough mm-hmm. year, especially the second half of the year. What part did you see in that as far as like um, the kind of the kind of agency or the kind of agents who can make it in in this really different kind of market? Well, what's interesting is that um, last year, uh, the 2022 Real Trends 500 did approximately 41% of all brokerage controlled sales in the country um, with 30 about 36% of the realtors. This year, it was almost exactly the same. Um, year after year, we found that the um, the top 500 brokerages continue to gain market share and continue to do well. Um, I think the last year, the median number of agents per Realtrends 500 firm was 1,180. Um, and that, or this year, I'm sorry, this year, that was, it was 1,180. And that was up from 1,138 from last year. So they actually gained agents as well. So what makes an agent successful is different than what makes a brokerage successful. But obviously, these brokers are growing. And what they're doing is they're um, they're expanding, whether it's locally or nationally. Um, I know we've had some, uh, you know, Compass is considering franchising in markets that they're not already in. Um, and there are other other brokerages who there right now. There's a lot of hyper local M and A, meaning, um, you know, you might have a small independent broker who is also selling and maybe has four agents and is finding it difficult in this market. So they might walk over to a larger brokerage and join that brokerage. Um, or you could have smaller firms that that are looking for a way out in this type of market. And so these bigger firms are, are you know, merging or, or acquiring them. So the brokers are, are really um, very good at the strategy behind what's going on in the market and where they need to be. As far as what makes an agent successful, it's really all about their sphere of influence and relationship building and making sure that they are constantly reaching out to the people in their market in different ways. Um, and, and so, you know, overall, really, if you look at if you look at the average number of transactions per agent in the 500, the average number per agent is 6.6 transactions. That's it. Wow. The average number. I mean, of course, you know, it's an average. So, so there are, but that also takes into account the low fee business models and the low fee models are doing pretty well. And it's not really surprising in this market because as agents may be looking for, um, to pay less for the brokerage that they're at um, and take fewer services um, potentially, not all, not always, but sometimes. Um, so the low fee brokers have actually grown um, and they grow by volume, like number of agents. So they, they don't necessarily, and now this is, I'm just blanketing them because it's different with each firm, but in general, they're willing to take everyone from new to veteran agents. Um, you know, they, they'll take lower producers. Um, they're not as maybe picky about who they're taking um, because their model thrives on 
the number of agents at their firm. That's so interesting. I would think that, you know, the the 500, so these are really the most successful, you know, firms in the, in the country because we just we were just um, reporting on the fact that um, NAR has lost quite a few members over the last year, which is not surprising, right? It's been a tough year. So it's interesting to me, like in the 35 years that you guys have been looking at this, did did 2022 stand out to you? Or is it those top firms really just, you know, they're always going to be the top firms? Um, well, they're not always going to be the top, as you can see from the shakeup in in you know, who's number one this year. But I think that, um, I mean, EXP wasn't even, and neither Compass, they weren't even on the rankings 12 years ago, 10, you know, 13 years ago. So um, there, you know, I know Samson Realty, this is, I think, their fifth year on the rankings. And I don't know exactly their rank, but they're they're pretty high up there. Um, so there's a lot of shifting within um, the rankings. So I don't think year to year you could even say, um, I guess the, the main the main thing that mostly stays the same is that they continue to grow, um, whether that's through strategic M&A or organic growth through, um, through agents and transactions. Um, that's, that's probably the, the most that you could say as far as uh, the similarities between rankings, the number of agents um, that NAR has, the number of realtors, honestly, the ones they're losing are the ones who weren't producing anyway. So that isn't necessarily impacting the brokers on the 500. That's that's kind of yet. what I was thinking is like, you know, you do have, we know, we all know that, you know, uh, real estate can be a great business for someone, even if it's not their full time, right? A lot of people do that on the side of other things. They're just getting in. Um, and so, but to join NAR, I mean, you're, you're probably not just a hobbyist. You're taking this uh, seriously as your, um, as your career, but it's to, to your point, it's not surprising that there was a huge drop off last year. So we have top movers as well. We we determine who has moved the most over um, over a year, as far as transaction sides, and um, that's always interesting to look at too because they've increased their transaction sides um, between 2022 and 2023, which is based on 2021 data and 2022 data. Um, and EXP had the largest increase of 41,511 sides over. 2022. That was the increase. Um, and then Fathom Realty, they did really well with a 6,273 um, increase in transaction sites compared to 2023. Um, so they, th- both of those firms grew through agent count. Um, and then you've got the agency was uh, number three. Uh, and the agency is fairly new to our rankings. Um, and they, they, of course, are now franchising and growing uh, globally. And they've been really, um, really focused on growth over the past couple of years. And so their, um, y- you know, their, their transaction sites have grow- grown tremendously as well. That's so interesting. What is it about Fathom? What are they doing, do you think, that, that makes them successful right now? You know, Fathom has, um, it's a, I want to say it's a similar model to EXP, but not exactly. They do have a virtual model and they offer revenue sharing and, and some other perks. Um, I think that Josh Harley is their CEO and he has built a culture that agents are very interested in joining. 
And um, so, so that's mainly their, their business is, I think, pretty much more organic growth than M&A. Um, I'm sure they've done some M&A because nobody, nobody goes through it without doing any at all. But I think it's an attractive option to some of the other the other models that, um, you know, depending on the area, real estate is hyper local. It might be a really attractive option in certain areas. And um, he's done a great job with the culture of the company as well and their in the technology suite that they offer. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I know that you guys are always looking at, too, is like, like what part does technology play in how these companies are faring? And especially this last year, and especially as just costs rise, right? Like, I mean, if there's less volume, you've got to be more efficient as, as you know, with whatever, whatever you are doing. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, let's switch. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the potential uh, changes that are coming for agents' commissions. This has been a big story over the last year. Where are we on that? So um, we had a, a big development recently where a judge um, in Illinois granted class certification to the Moral um, case, which was named after its lead plaintiff. And a year ago, there's a similar federal lawsuit known as the Sitzer Burnett um, also received class certification. And the moral case alleges that um, commission sharing inflates the cost for sellers in violation of the Sherman Act. And they are ruling against NAR, um, Anywhere, Home Services of America, Remax, and Keller Williams. And the idea, I think that it certified two classes in 20 different MLS markets. And the whole idea of that is that um, they're saying that um, that buyers don't realize that they where the commission that they're paying comes from, and they're not paying the commission because the sellers are paying the commission, and they feel like the transparency is not there. Um, and they're the, they're also arguing that most buyer brokers will not show homes to their clients, where the seller is offering a lower buyer broker commission. Um, or they'll show the high commission homes first. That um, that really is not true in my experience. That that that's that happens. Um, and I think that the the real concern with a lot of this is that um, brokers should they should the worst case happen and they rule um, that commissions must be you know split between the buyer and the seller. You know, if you think of most buyers they're scraping to get the down payment, much less have to then save for a commission as well. Um, you know, the sellers, a lot of that cost is built into the cost of the home. And um, it, it just makes sense to to work it through the transaction that way. Some um, brokers are preparing for this by having their buyers, brokers um, have their the buyers they're working with signed buyer representation agreements that clearly outline um, how commission is paid. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of concerns and I think it's be because of this class certification, it's becoming even more real to a lot of brokers. I know in um, a broker poll survey that we did a couple quarters ago, the majority of people answered that they aren't doing anything to prepare or they're not concerned about it. And I think that sentiment is changing, um, that they are starting to get a little concerned about it. Um, and so, you know, of course, nothing will change quickly. No matter, you know, this will take a while to get through the courts. And even then there'll likely be appeals and, um, and things will, will take a long time to change. But 
still, um, brokers should be, should be taking it seriously and, and thinking through some of their options. And th- there isn't a lot that they can do, but there are some options. I think one of that's important here to say that this is a topic that you're going to be tackling at the Gathering of Eagles event, which is an event that's gone on for a couple of decades. It's a, it's such a great event for those in real estate. And you have three different sessions where you have experts talking about this from the legal update side to the really like practical side. So, you know, give us a, give us a one minute uh, thing about Gathering of Eagles. Why should people go? So the Gathering of Eagles is for, um, you know, C-suite, real estate brokers, leaders, team leaders, top agents, anyone who wants to know what is happening in business right now, how to grow their business, how to, um, you know, network with, with other like-minded individuals. And, um, we've got three different, we've got Katie Johnson, the NAR general counsel. She'll be talking all about, um, how to reduce your risk and, um, you know, win in the court of public opinion. So she will be discussing, um, kind of the, these issues and tools that real estate leaders can use to position themselves, um, for success, um, no matter what the outcome of these lawsuits is. And then we've also got um, preparing your brokerage for future prosperity. And we are talking to three different real estate brokers who are doing some innovative, um, innovative, offering innovative services to, um, you know, help with margin compression. Um, one of them, Scott Brady, he had been in a traditional real estate brokerage and Basically, the the Great Recession ate his lunch, and he said, "I've got to do something that is more stable." And got into property management and association management, and now he trains agents um, to join his company, uh, Progressive Property Management. And he's going to be talking all about whether you want to go to a full property management company or want to offer property management or association management. Um, kind of talk about the best practices and how he's doing it. Um, and then we, our final one is um, CoreLogic has a ton of great data surrounding, um, you know, the housing market and um, risk assessment and that. And so we have a uh, growth in a tough market, new and effective ways to acquire and retain customers. Um, and right now, Jonathan Lickstein, he is the CEO managing broker of Location Real Estate, will be on that panel. And then we've got some other brokerage leaders kind of discussing the the power of data intelligence in expanding and growing your brokerage and um, becoming more profitable. So we're coming at it from several different angles, um, from the legal perspective, and um, you know the and from the possibility of adding different lines and diversifying your income streams um, as well. Those three panels that you talked about that just is the perfect illustration of why Gathering of Eagles is such a great event. I mean. When I've gone, and I've only been for the last couple of years, it's the experts that you have on stage, but it's also because you nail the angle that our audience wants. It's you know it's from a high level, and then you get into very specific things, very practical things, and you have people up there who have done what they're talking about. It's not just like, oh, let's have a talking head, or these are people that the people in the audience can look at and go, this is what they've done. Um, are there any other panels that you would outline or, or highlight for us? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we have an innovation and collaboration in MLS panel that I think um, really touches on some of the some of the things that MLS is MLS have had a history of, um, you know, people saying, oh, 
they're not evolving with the times. Um, and we want to show that they are. There are several of them who are doing some really innovative things to work with um, the brokerage consumer MLS kind of relationship and how that's shifting. And um, that will also really shine some light on on how they're evolving in case the commission lawsuits also um, come to fruition. So, you know, there are a lot of things in the works that, um, you know, hope to kind of uh, evolve and innovate based on some of the trends and some of the, some of the things that are potential um, challenges in the industry. And that's a great one as well. I think it's interesting. We talk so much about whether it's real estate or mortgage, like the disruption, the disruptors or whatever, but this is coming from a completely, this isn't just a company coming in. I mean, the commission lawsuits is a disruptor that could happen. That's just coming from completely outside the industry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know people tend to think of disruptors as these tech companies trying to disrupt the agent. Um, and in that, did it fell flat. And so they've now partnered with with the agents and, and brokerages. So right now, the disruption is, yeah, it's definitely coming from outside of the industry and not the, not the outside tech companies, but um, outside government, um, you know, as well as the DOJ, it's, it's- too. It's the kind of event that you really can't plan for necessarily, but it's interesting to see how companies and people within the industry are really uh, pivoting to be be ready for that and be prepared. Our whole goal with the Gathering of Eagles is to not only offer that networking opportunity, because a lot of deals get done at the Gathering of Eagles, um, but it's to offer these actionable strategies and share best practices from their peers, from other successful for brokers who may be doing something different or may have an idea that can help, um, you know, it help them um, kind of find a path forward with their with their brokerage and so our goal with the entire event is to just have every every opportunity that we can to to offer those actionable strategies and share the that expertise from people in the industry. I love that and you know as I said I've only been for a couple of years and definitely you you were always like that but I think this year in particular we understand right we're we're covering this industry we understand that like for people to commit the time and money to go to a conference or send their teams, they need to know that they're going to get something out of it that they can bring back. And it, it, there's an ROI there. Like, it's not just like, Oh, we love to go. It's so fun to see people, but like, I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and it's going to be better for my Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. That's definitely been the history of the gathering of Eagles. And that's um, definitely what we're going forward, um, you know, planning to do. Well, Tracy, thanks so much for being on. Always great to catch up with you and we will talk again soon. Calling all mortgage title and insurance leaders. With interest rates shutting down your refinance business, your relationship with your real estate partners is more important than ever. HW Media wants to help you deepen relationships and find success in this competitive purchase market by inviting you to attend Gathering of Eagles. Real Trends Gathering of Eagles is the real estate industry's premier event, bringing together leaders from the most successful brokerages in the country. For the first time ever, this closed event is open to our full audience. Check out the show notes to find out more or head over to realtrends.com to purchase your ticket today.
Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.